0: Welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is episode number 38, and I am Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. Uh, for this podcast, I had the chance to talk with wedding photographer Reggie Campbell. He's down in San Antonio, Texas. Um, but before uh, we get to the podcast with Reggie, I wanted to mention a few things. Uh, as always. So real quick, obviously we got the Musea Gathering coming up in New York City and Seattle, something I'm really pumped about. Uh, A few days ago I tweeted this out and I just wanted to touch on this a little bit, but um, I tweeted that photographic vision comes from what you believe is true and how you think about the world. And the question I posed is what are you doing to grow this side of you? And for me, this is why I created the Gathering, uh, is to help grow this side uh, of people, uh, to really get into uh, the way you think uh about the world and the photographic um framework that we have in our minds. Uh for me I believe like the number one problem photographers are having right now is kind of a lack of vision, a lack of standing out with their work. And so I believe vision comes from your mind, uh what you think, how you believe, uh or what you believe about the world, uh, what is true and what's not true. And so the gathering for me is a place that we can come and we can recharge our thinking and really dig into um, you know, our minds and what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing, uh, and just to learn from people that uh, are a little farther ahead of us on the journey and uh, they've figured some of this stuff out, and um, just to allow some time for critical thought because we live in such a fast paced world that we don't give time to uh, maybe refresh our thinking as much as uh, we should. And so, the gathering, uh, you know, one of the main reasons the gathering exists is, is to fit that ni- uh, that need that we have. And so um, I would just encourage you to come, uh, whether it's the New York City or the Seattle one, different teachers at each one. Both are going to be different uh, content, but I think both are going to be amazing. And so you can get your tickets at uh, MuseaGathering.com. And if you are a Musea photographer, use the store or use Musea Archive, uh, our archiving service, then you can get um, 33% off of all tickets to all gatherings. And so instead of $750 for the three days, it's only $500. So it's a sweet deal. Um, so if you're thinking about using the Musea Store in 2013, uh, it's a good reason to sign up and start using it, uh, and then it saves you 250 bucks on uh, the gathering. So that would pay for uh, you know your airfare at least, and maybe some hotel, food, something like that. So um, also today I just announced I am doing uh, in 2013 uh, one-on-one mentoring, and so this is something I, I firmly believe um, is needed, and just something I'm personally excited about um and i put it on the on the musea blog today uh which you can read at blog.mymusea.com um but basically i'm going to be mentoring uh, up to 3 uh photography studios and what that'll include is like complete website, portfolio review, just walking alongside you, helping you find your vision or voice as a photographer, you know, technical advice, career guidance, branding critique, um, you know, assisting with pricing, helping you kind of define goals that you need to set for yourself uh, next year, you know, critiquing your work as many times as you want, um, asking you the tough questions, not sugarcoating anything. Too many times we are a part of, uh, groups online, and everything's rainbows and lollipops and bunnies, and that's just not helpful. Uh, also, we'll be doing bi weekly um, Skype or phone conversations. So, every other week, we will be talking and really digging into uh, your work uh, and really just anything you want to talk about. So, whatever you want to get out of men- this kind of mentorship, then um, I'm excited to kind of provide that for you. Um, so if you, uh, just kind of nitty gritty details on that is, uh, the pricing for that is $1,200 and it's for three months. So you can, it's just blocks of three months. And so, uh, you can do that as long as you want, or you can do it for three months and then take a break and then do three more months or however you want to do it. Um, but I just figured that was a, it's just kind of a good, easy, simple way to, to price that out. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that, and I would love to hear from you. If you have questions about that, just email me at michael at com, and um, I'd be glad to uh, help you out and see if there's anything um, in common there. So uh, also really quick, uh, a couple weeks ago we launched the Musea Archive. So it's our uh, one of our new big features we got. So now you can store um, your images uh, through the Musea store. So this is for to give you an off-site storage option, so in case – you know, you lose your hard drives or your, something crazy happens, you know, house burns down or just whatever, just some sort of disaster type of a situation, and you need to recover images, then uh, it will be on our servers, and you can recover those from us, um, and so you'll have an off-site uh, option. So um, all it is is it's uh, $0.30 cents per gigabyte per month, uh, so anything you upload to the museum store, as long as you've signed up for the archive, it will just automatically archive it for you behind the scenes, um, and it will store it. So it's super easy, very simple. You just go to Profile. If you have an account, you just go to Profile and the Archive tab and sign up, and that's it. So also, I know at this time of year, you're kind of wrapping up this year, you're moving into 2013, so you really start assessing your workflow and what kind of companies you want to work with. So if you think about using the Museo Store, if you want to switch to us for your online proofing and you have questions, uh, feel free to email me, um, or I would love to... You know, do a Skype session with you if if that would help uh, to answer some of your questions, or if you even want to see the store uh, demoed very specifically, I can I can um, do kind of a Google Plus chat and screen share with you or anything like that, and just kind of show you how everything works. So um, you can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or you know email me like I said at michael at mymusea com, and I'd be glad uh, glad to get that set up and rolling for you. So. Uh, that's it. So on to the podcast uh, with Reggie Campbell. Uh, this dude's is a hilarious, uh, fantastic shooter. Um, in this podcast, we talk about um, his approach to shooting film, a film shooter surprise. Um, at weddings, <clears throat> we also talk about his reception lighting techniques, Which so we get into some of the – technical stuff which i haven't got into a ton uh on the museum podcast and then uh we also talk a lot about uh how he sets client expectations who he's looking for as his ideal client and how he finds those people and um and how he uh just communicates what he does so that he can find the right type of clients and they understand what they're getting in return and so everybody's happy so as always uh thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon Well, Reggie, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Thanks for having
0: me. It's nice to uh nice to talk to you finally since we've chatted a lot um, you know, in social media land.
1: Right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, the Facebook group. Uh I just wanted to give a shout out to them cuz I I love all the guys and gals there and um yeah, that's that's probably like one of the best groups I've ever been in.
0: Yeah. Are we going to like make sure this is a secret group or should we say the name of the group? Um,
1: <laughs> Definitely. Actually, I don't even know the name of the group. <laughs> wow. I just know it's like a film group. That's it. I don't even know like the exact
0: name of the group. All right. Well, we'll so keep, if, if, we'll would keep you want it... to put it out there? Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it secret because we don't want to like exploit it more than what it's already growing to. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me because there's like 1,800 people in that uh, <laughs> Yeah. And there's like eight of them post. Yeah, that's where I get all my uh interview people for podcasts apparently is the this Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but it's been good. So yeah, well yeah, it's great to catch up with you. Uh I'm excited. I'm sorry that you have to follow Rodney Smith, um, but somebody has to, you know.
1: Dude, tell me about it.
0: Uh but it'll be good. So I'm I've got some good stuff uh I want to talk with you about today. But Just like everybody else, I kind of want to know your history. So, how you got started in photography and all that, just because I don't know how long you've been shooting or anything. So, give me your background. Okay. Whew.
1: All right. Um, Well, let's see. I started, I guess, when I was like 14. And um, everybody starts off with a cool camera, like an AE1 or A1 or a Nikon (laughs) F or whatever my grandpa gave me this crappy ass little Canon snappy cue with a glossy and blur filter on it. And I, I was like, I actually, I thought it was cool. <laughs> I was like, I got the camera. This is off the chain, man. But I guess I got tired of it. And so he felt like I was getting okay with it. And he graduated me to a, um, uh, a Canon a one. I think I was like 18, something like that. And, um, First off, I come from a line of photographers. My grandfather was a weather photographer in California, hmm. and um, my dad was a photographer for the Army. And he also, like, once his, um, I guess his stint was over, he became a photojournalist in, uh, in Houston. Oh, cool. So pretty much I've been around photography my whole life. And um, he used to take me on assignments with um 'cause because every year they have this thing where they photograph, like, homeless people. And I used to go there and, you know, assist them and help them and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. And um, when I got to high school, my senior year in high school, I kind of fell off from photography because where, where, where we lived at, it was I guess you could say it was this way. And so it's not cool to be a photographer in the city. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you know, and I was a little overweight also, so I had like two strikes against me. So I was like, <laughs> I got to pick which one I want. To deal with, do I want to be, you know, known as a fat photographer, or do I want to be known as a, a fat dude that makes you laugh? Because I rather have people uh, laugh at me, I me mean, laugh with me than laugh at me. So, yeah. so I kind of fell off from, from photography until I got into uh, into college. And um, right when I graduated college, my grandfather sent me another camera. He sent me a um, a uh, small Leica CL rangefinder I think I think it was uh, I think it was a rangefinder and um I thought that was the best so I was shooting with that shooting with that then I kind of fell off again um I want to say it was like 2005 to well, around 2005 and um then I picked it back up in 2006 and I've been doing that ever since
0: hmm. what'd you go to college for if you don't mind me asking uh, <laughs> my degree <laughs> is in uh, kinesiology
1: wow right yeah but the thing is all right, the funny thing is um, I went I went to college because I had a football scholarship ah cool I love football I love hitting people that's pretty much it I mean I don't really care about the catching the ball part now, as long as I get to hit people I'm good <laughs> and um <laughs> and so I went to U of H and um I played till I graduated in 2002 and then uh I played football. Oh, God, I don't want to really tell anybody this. But I played practice squad for the Texans for two years. Ah, sweet. I was with the Texans for two years. And then after that, I went to Minnesota for like seven months. Then I was with Kansas City for like a couple of months. Then I was like, the hell with it.
0: <laughs> Kansas City's my team, by the way. Oh, Really? <laughs> we're horrible right now but <laughs> yeah i'm like you know early 90s yeah. been a fan you know for a couple of decades now so every it's a cycle every
1: team is it's, it's yeah. going to be a cycle you can't be good forever
0: yeah you, you just can't there's just no <laughs> way uh yeah we should have this conversation yeah we we'll should have that conversation on, off air but i would love to dig dig into your brain about that stuff a little bit It'd be fun
1: Oh, no, that's fine. It's a <laughs> lot of politics with football.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's very clear that that goes on for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously one of the things I want to talk about today is uh, just your film shooting um, specifically and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> getting into some conversations about, uh, I guess, why you shoot film, but um, – just also some, like, practical things about film. Um, right. Things like that. So you've been shooting – have you been shooting film forever, it sounds like, since you first started? I mean, you have have you ever really yeah, played with digital pretty much. a lot or no?
1: Um, well, I, shot, I, I switched to digital, um, I want to say, oh, eight. Then, I mean, I just could not get it looking the way I wanted it to. You know, I mean, because I mostly when I did shoot film, I shot uh, Portrait NC, which has a really neutral look to it. And like the tones are a little softer and everything. So I could never get my digital images to look like that. And it pissed me off <laughs> pretty much <laughs> because I'm like, okay, I bought all this digital equipment and I don't like any of it, hated it. And so I went back to film, um, at the end of two thousand nine and I've been a hundred percent film at the uh I want to say the end of two thousand eleven.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, 'cause a hundred
1: percent film I shot, uh my first wedding a hundred percent um January, in January
0: of this year. Okay. Was that scary for you? <laughs> or no? <laughs>
1: Here's the thing about me. I have an athlete's uh perception on stuff. Everything, (laughs) and and the thing is, if you you're gonna do it, you got to do it all the way, and don't worry about it. It's like if you do it, I mean, either you do it or you don't. There's no middle ground. There's no can't be scared. You got to just make up your mind and do it. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you be apprehensive, then you you're gonna be worried about something and you're gonna mess up, or you worry about this and then you're not gonna you're gonna miss this. So.
0: Really? I just hit the hell
1: with it. I bought extra film and I just
0: shot it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I just made
1: a, made sure I had enough film to shoot the whole wedding and I just shot it.
0: Yeah. Um what are I mean, I guess since you've kind of bounced around a little bit with it, I mean, what are some of the challenges you've experienced with being 100% film um and how have you kind of overcome those? I mean, is it you know, cuz film can be limiting in terms of like low light situations or right you're shooting inside and then you walk outside and all of a sudden it's like six stops different and you know, you're pushing a roll and you know, now that doesn't work or whatever. So I guess talk about some of those challenges that you have experienced and how you've kind of learned to deal with those.
1: Um, I would say the hardest will probably be the reception. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause like uh, getting ready, you have windows, you have a choice of where you're going to be. Um, you can shoot at low shutter speeds because really for when they're getting ready, people aren't moving much. Yeah. You know, they're, you can shoot at 160th, 130th and still get a sharp picture depending on your lens and, and your film choice and everything. But when it comes to receptions, oh, God, you, you definitely have to have uh, high shutter speed, not necessarily high, but a, um, a high aperture, low aperture, I'm sorry. And, um, be real good at hand-holding because if you're not your pictures are going to be all blurry it's going to be like christian off all over again like <laughs> the whole wedding it's going to be just blurry pictures so um yeah that was one of my challenges because when i shot digital i could just bump it up to 6400 iso on the 5d mark 2 and just shoot yeah Open the lens up, uh, cause I, I mainly shoot with a 50. I've, sh- I've shot with a 50 for three years, and that's it. Mm. I don't really have any other focal length. I have a 35 on the Leica, on my M6, and that's it. And, mm. um, so pretty much like when I shot digital, or it could be the, the 50L wide open and 5400, I was good. And so I kind of got used to that, but when I moved to digital, the, you definitely have to, no lighting. That's why I love video light because I could see exactly what I'm getting Mm -hmm. and I could change it from there. Like flash is cool if I want to stop motion, but if I want to see exactly what I'm getting and, you know, tune it, fine tune it from there, I I would say video light is part of the best things for me. So I use a lot of video light.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I started shooting some more film, <clears throat> this year myself at weddings and I've, I, that was one of the first things I got was um, a video light, right? So I, you know you don't just you don't have to guess the flash you know with a flash um with the camera as much you know because with digital I would always play around with like three flashes during a reception but yeah. I knew with film I was not <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there yeah you gotta,
1: you gotta. When the flash, you have to like, um, okay, take the picture. Okay, well, I gotta move this light here. Take the picture. Okay, well, I gotta move this like here. Well, like at my last wedding, I was um, experimenting with the Hassie um, Trix and off-camera lighting, mm-hmm. so I was trying to really make it hard on myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, people kept walking in front of the damn flash. I was like, ah. and I can't. Well, I didn't figure that out until I got the scans back. But like I got a picture of it was an awesome picture of some trumpet players because they had a live band, and there's a big head on one of the trumpet players, like head shadow. (laughs) I was like,
2: oh
1: god. (laughs) So that's another reason why. I mean, if you're gonna light a whole room, flashes are the way to go, because you could bounce it off the ceiling, um, you could do a lot of uh, backlighting stuff like that. But if you're doing like close up or just like portraits and dark light and stuff like that,
0: then, you know, video lights all the way to go. Yeah. How, um, how have you managed the cost of it? I mean, did, did you between 2000, I guess, 11 and 12, did you have to adjust your pricing and packaging to account for film? Because I, I know a lot of photographers that want to shoot film, but they are hesitant, too, because of, like, the co- additional cost, and they don't feel like they can charge a higher amount.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, See, in 2010, I started at uh, like 20. I could name prices and everything, right? Sure. All
0: right. At um, at, at the end
1: of 2010, I I started like at 2,800 for six hours um, and DVD. And um, I shot the wedding in um, in January, and my. My film bill was like, I don't know, $350, 400 And uh, I was like, okay, okay. But then I, I wasn't really thinking that the price of the film also is like to buy it. Yeah. I was just thinking about the lab cost. I'm like, oh, this is not bad. But then when I went back and looked at the numbers and saw how much the film cost, they ended up being like $500, $600. I was like, okay, well, this is not going to work. So I went back, I redid all my numbers, and um, I came up to what I have now, and I just refigured my pricing because I mean, film—you you have to love it to shoot it. You can't—it's not you can't just shoot it, you know, because it's cool, or you can't shoot it because it's a big thing or whatever. You have to love the look, the process, everything about it to shoot it because it costs—it costs money. A lot of money to shoot it yeah and um you really have to love it it's kind of like uh i don't know if anybody knows any bodybuilders but (laughs) be a bodybuilder it costs a lot of money and you don't get much back because i used to bodybuild from 2003 to 2006 and no 2007 and It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money on food. It's a lot of money on supplements. It's a lot of money, a lot of time also. So you Mm -hmm. have to be really dedicated in that mind, in that sense, that, um, okay, you're just going to do it because you love it, and that's it. Same thing with film. I think that's why I'm so hard-headed about film, because I I love it, so I'm just going to do it. You know, I've I've been around it my whole life, and I I just love how it looks. I love the process of it. I love changing the roles, how it slows me down. I love everything about it. So I'm just going to do it.
0: Yeah. Have you, um, I guess like what, kind of some specifics on that. I was like, what lab are you using right now for all your film stuff developing?
1: Um, for the last two years, I used, uh, pro photo Irvine. Okay. And, um, shout out to John and Danny. Y'all are awesome. And everybody. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
1: yeah, those guys there—they're—they're they're, they're freaking awesome, and um, they've taken care of me, and yeah, they—they they pretty much got my scans exactly how I want them, and
0: um, the prices
2: are good too. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, no, they do good stuff out there for yeah. sure. Um, so when you're walking in a wedding, what do you what kind of like a gear you're rolling with? Or you, so you say that you have like a Leica and a Hassi. I mean, do you got anything else you're kind of flipping between, or no?
2: I
1: <laughs> I usually shoot with four cameras on me. Four, four, yeah. <laughs> um, <'cause> I, <laughs> I have a moneymaker, and so I have uh, my baby. This is a, I call this a little mama. This is my this is a Mamiya six four five RFD.
2: Uh-huh. and
1: then on my left side and the right side I have the Hassie, then um, hanging from my neck I have a Leica, <laughs> my Leica M six. And then my assistant is holding my Canon F1. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a it's a process to get to that because I have color film in the uh, F1. I have black and white film in the Leica because it's a 35 millimeter. I have uh, blacked triax in the HACI and I have portrait of 400 to 800 depending on um, what part of the ceremony or what part of the wedding. It's
0: gone. Yeah. And yeah. all those, like, so with, like, the, the the Mamiya, you're shooting with, like, an 80. The he has got an 80-millimeter lens. Like, you're just kind of normal, right. normal focal lengths. hmm And you got 35 and, uh, on the Leica or? 35. 35, uh, yeah. The, um, the Nox one2 one point two
1: thirty five, which is a beautiful lens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 35. I, uh. I had a it earlier this year, but I sold it. Um, but I need to get another one because that thing was <clears throat> a beast. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude,
1: I don't know if you ever tried the 35 1.2. If if you haven't, give it a try. I, don't, I didn't get it for the 1.2. I got it for, it is sharp at like 1.4, 1.8. It's like incredibly sharp. It's mm-hmm. like, to me, it's sharper than a 35L, which is pretty sharp wide open. Yeah, but it is way sharper than that. It's a little long, like the the barrel is a little long. But um, I have a really big hands, so it's hard for me to focus with a, like a tab lens or anything, a tab focus lens. Right. So I need a um, I need something with a grip. And uh, that thirty five L, that thirty five one point two is is money. It's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have small hands, so I was shooting with like the like a one point eight, thirty five with a little tab on the bottom. Yeah. Uh but I love yeah. that thing so.
1: Yeah, me trying to focus that is like giving a world a TikTok. It's just not
0: going to happen. <laughs> it is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the questions cuz I asked some people, you know, obviously online, um what to ask you and you know, so we've already talked about some of that a little bit, but um go a little bit more into your I guess reception lighting, and let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, because you're shooting – are you shooting all video lights? Or you you said you're also – you sometimes mix, like, strobes in there? Mm Mm-hmm. Or Mm -hmm. not? Okay. So when do you decide, uh, I guess, video lights? And then when do you decide flash? And then how do you – like, with flash, just since you're shooting film, how do you figure out, like – you're just taking meter readings to figure out your exposure and all that stuff. Uh, do you do Polaroid tests to figure out what it's looking like, or you just kind of go with it and just hope something turns out or what?
1: Um, it really, well, first I try to uh, evaluate how much light is in the reception area. Because some people have up lighting. Some people keep the lights on the whole time, mm-hmm. and some people don't. And um, so I try to evaluate how much light I have. Like, if I have a good amount of light, like, if I could shoot at 130th to 160th without the video light, then I will, I probably wouldn't use Flash at all. Like, i just use video light, then that's it. Um, and if it's, like, some people do, like, have really, really dark receptions, Like, I don't know why. They're, like, in a dungeon or something.
2: <laughs> like. And
1: they're dancing. They're doing their first dance in the dungeon. So, and so that's why I use Flash. Because um, I could bounce it off a wall, I could bounce it off the ceiling and light the the place up, so I could get a good shutter speed. Um, and I definitely have to push film at a reception, like at minimum, probably a stop and a half to two stops with the uh, portrait four hundred. Because for one, they could take it, and um, it's just no way. There's no other way you could do it.
0: Yeah. So with your flash stuff, you're more you tend to to balance it more so it's a little more even versus um, just directly pointing it to create, like, the harsh shadows and such? Right.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of harsh shadows at all. Um, I mean, if I wanted that look, I'd just break out some alien bees and just blow everybody away. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> right. But
1: I'm not a fan of harsh shadows because not everybody's face could take that, yeah. especially at a dark perception, where the shadow is going to be really, really hard because it's so dark. I'm not a real big fan of that. So I, I use a video, if it's close up, I use a video light to kind of soften it, have a soft fall off. And um, my assistant is good. He's awesome. He knows exactly where I want the light. All I got to do is tell him, okay, go around the couple and put the light up. And he he knows exactly where I want it. And um, as far as the, uh what's the other part of the question?
0: <clears throat> um, I mean, like metering and stuff for that? Metering, or, uh, yeah. Or do you do Polaroids I'm, to see what it's like, looking like, or what? No, I never. I would, actually, I've never shot a Polaroid at a wedding. Um,
1: so I, I meter the the video light mm-hmm. because it's easy. I mean, it's there. I could put it exactly where I want it, and I just meter from there. Um, the flash, I, mostly, I use that just to light the room. So I really don't meter that. Because I, I never gotcha. really use flash for like uh, first dance pictures or stuff like that. Because for one, people could walk in front of it. For two, um, it's gonna be too hard for my taste. And um, I mean, I'm gonna have to follow them around, wait till they get in front of the flash. Because I hate huge flash flares and um, first dance pictures because it like blows out the couple. Yeah. And all you see is their legs, like they're like they're dancing in front of the sun or something. <laughs> so, I'm not a real big fan of that. So <laughs> I, if I use flash, I have to wait for them to walk in front of the flash, to strobe, and take the picture. Yeah. And then lo- Lord knows how many um, moments you miss waiting on them to walk in front of the flash. Right. You know, so I would much rather use flash, a video light.
0: Do you ever, like, just get crazy and mix video light and flash at the same time?
2: Yes, I
1: have. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have. It's a... Uh... <laughs> it's a picture. Okay, I'll probably send it to you. Um, it's a first dance and there's a strobe off to the left and a video light off to the, to the right of the picture. And um, I was trying to wait for them to walk in front of the strobe. See, this is where I learned that I'm not going to like flash for um, first dance pictures and stuff like that. Cause I was trying to wait for them to walk in front of the strobe. Well, I had my assistant you know just shine the light on them because i saw they were talking she laughed he laughed so i figured they were going to kiss and um sure enough they did and i caught it yeah and uh yeah it's, it's an awesome picture i love it it's like one of my favorite pictures from their wedding
0: hmm. um, I, I yeah for sure yeah i would love to see that the um one of the other question somebody had was uh, how do you set your client expectations, especially with film and um, its imperfection? Because I, I, de- I definitely noticed on a lot of your work that you will have some blurring and some grain and stuff. Um, yeah. So how do you walk your clients through that and make sure that they're cool with that stuff?
1: Um, definitely, this yeah, this is a big, big one for me because I have a very definite way I like to shoot. And it irritates me when I get asked to shoot other things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: um,
1: I guess that's the artist in me because I'm—I I, I have no problem saying I'm more of an artist than a businessman. Right. I have no problem saying that at all. And um, what I what, from their first email, I asked them, you know, have they fully seen my website, or have they just, you know, saw, saw like the The first like little flat show on the opening page, because if you just saw that, Mm -hmm. then and you want to go off of that, then yeah, we probably not going to get along. (laughs) But (laughs) because most of my blurry images are at receptions and getting ready, yeah. Because I love motion. I'm a very very big motion person. I think that's why I like. um, John Dollar, because his work it it has so much motion and movement and it's very emotive with and that's what I love. And uh same thing with uh Rodney Scott. Oh I got to Rodney Scott. Rodney Smith. Rodney, yeah, Rodney Smith yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um it's Rodney Smith and um I'm also a big fan of Gordon Park. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
1: And um he's the same way. He has a lot of motion in his pictures and um I want to capture that. And so I tell them, okay, well, some of your pictures are going to be blurry. I tell them at the first consultation, I'm like, okay, some of your pictures are going to be blurry. Hope you're okay with that. Uh, About 40% of them are going to be black and white. Hope you're okay with that. Um, I I pretty much go through the whole gamut. Yeah. Like, I, I don't take a lot of pictures. Like, at a 14 hour wedding, I might take. Seven, eight hundred pictures at the most. And you're going to get about five hundred. And then, you know, I pretty much tell them everything because in this age, people want more and more when they only need less. Yeah. For some reason, people equate more with better. Right. And with later photography, that is definitely not the case.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, I just try to educate them and tell them that, okay, you're going to get this, 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 this. If you're okay with that, we're we're golden. If you're not, I know a lot of friends that could shoot the wedding for you. Yeah. And I have no problem saying no. I probably say, I know I say mo- no more than I say yes.
0: Have you ever, like, had a meeting and then you, like, fired them? Like, they wanted to book you, but you knew it wasn't a good fit?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, some... Um, some people they really uh, don't understand why I shoot film. Yeah, uh, they're like, "Oh, that's so old. That's old school. Um, our pictures. I mean, if we go with you, your our pictures are gonna look like dull, or which is the the, the direct opposite. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna wait a long time for our pictures and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, really? If you go to uh, another digital photographer, they might take four or six weeks to give your pictures to you. If they take, some people do it like one week, two weeks, but the the norm is like four to six weeks. Yeah. And I get my pictures back. Well, depending on you know what season it is, four to six weeks, and all I have to do is just call, burn the disc, give it to them. So I try to tell them that there's really no difference between um, time of delivery. Now, as far as the amount, oh, there's definitely going to be a difference. Cause I try to, uh, call very, very strict because I'm not going to give you three to four pictures of the same picture. That, that is the target to me. <laughs> that is, I think that is just like, yeah. why would you want four pictures of the same portrait? There is nothing different about it. So why would I give that to you? Yeah. I'm going to give you one picture. one The one I feel is the best. Yeah. And uh, also, I had to fire a client because she wanted all of her pictures. Like, she <laughs> she was like, okay, um, how many do you take it away? I was like, I take about 800. She said, do I get all 800? I was like, uh, no. Why? Because I said, some of them, you know, eyes are going to be closed. Some of them aren't going to be good composition. um Some of them are going to be too blurry, you know. That's just how it goes. And she's like, "Why don't I get all my pictures?" I said, "Why would you want all your pictures?" I mean, and she and I knew we weren't going to get along then, so I was like, I just kind of like just rolled out the conversation, and then I was like, "Okay,
0: (laughs) yeah, we're not going to work together."
1: No, I was like, I already knew it. I already knew. (laughs) So I kept going along with it until it ended, and I was like, "Okay."
0: Did you tell her? Did you tell her, like, uh, we're not going to be a good well, fit? Well, I told her you... – I didn't
1: tell her we wanted to get fit because she, she emailed me and um, she wanted to know the price for a certain package. Uh-huh. And then I was like, well, I'm
2: booked. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: like, I'm booked. I'm sorry. I'm booked."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, hilarious. I was like to, I have a very specific way I like to do things, and it's they want what they see on my website. I need that type of, uh, control. Yeah. And if I can't get that control, then I'm not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy. So there's no use to even booking them.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the other questions was, uh, how has he developed his vision? Um, so what do you think on that one? Oh man. Um, some tougher, <laughs>
1: Well, my dad was a photojournalist, so I really started off with that. And um, mostly that's how I shoot. But my portraits, I, I, my portraits sucks for a long time. <laughs> I hated portraits because I, composition-wise, I wanted to comp- compose them like a, a, try to get them to laugh or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just catch the moment. And with the portrait sometimes it, they're just like stoic they don't want to laugh. They don't want to smile. Or they laugh and they're smiling too much and they won't shut up. And I want, I'm want i trying to get a non-laugh smile picture or something like that. So it just never worked out. <laughs> um. So I made the decision. And I guess in the, the beginning of this year, you got to get that You Like You just have to. And um, I would say the biggest influence on my portraits will probably be John uh, Canvas. Mm. I love his portrait. Just just, like, the way he captures the, like, the minute detail of, you pretty much tell their personality from a portrait. And it's, the way he does, it's just awesome. And so, um, that yeah, he's, like, my, kind of, like, my uh, inspiration for the portrait. And for pretty much just, like, my aesthetic, my style,
2: uh,
1: it, I really can't explain it because I, I shoot every day. And I try something new every day. And so I guess you could just say it comes from, I guess, 20 years of shooting and trying new things, not, not being complacent. Because the Lord knows I can't stand doing the same thing for
2: too long.
0: <laughs>
1: I get so bored. Sounds you know, like it. it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so my style doesn't really change, but the way I do it changes. Yeah, like, um, I had I had the Mamiya for three years now, and that's like my my favorite camera. Uh, but around at the middle of this year, I started kind of get bored with it, so I got a uh, Mamiya RZ. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's Big Mama. That's Mamiya Six Four is Little Mama. The RZ is Big Mama. Yes, and
0: that's they, like, that's, that's, that's very accurate moment. description as well.
2: <laughs>
1: and. um... So I wanted to challenge myself, so I shot a whole wedding. I third shot a wedding with um, this photographer in Austin. Her name is Nadine. And um, I third shot a whole wedding on the RZ. Freaking hardest wedding I've ever shot. Because you're running around with a 10-pound camera and trying to get action shots, detail shots. Detail shots are pretty easy. But the action shots, like people actually walk in with a bellow-focused camera, is freaking hard. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it's actually uh, a pretty – I'm pretty proud of what I got from that. And, um, you know, I definitely always try to challenge myself. So I guess you could say me being stupid and not being complacent and always trying to challenge myself is how I got my uh, aesthetic or my style.
0: On your website, I noticed that you – you talk – things like on your bio page or about or something but you talk about the importance of tangible prints and and physical products. So right. So is there anything that you're doing to proactively kind of make sure that your clients are purchasing those or getting them in their hands?
1: Well, first off, um, all of my collections do not come with a DVD. They're like, just automatically they do not come with a DVD. They do come with a, a proof box of print
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't come with the dvd
0: and you're still in business <laughs> <laughs> most people would oh. say like if you don't put the dvd in your package you're not going to be in business right
1: but see that's a, that's the biggest argument when um photographers ask me like my like how my packages are situated and all this and all that and i was like well i don't give them the dvd And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Why would I give them the DVD? I mean, basically, if you give them the the DVD, your print sales are crap. That's automatic right there. Bam. They're gone. Because they have no reason to print from you now. And so you haven't instilled in them the importance of a print. Because one of my fondest moments from when I was a kid, my mom, every Christmas, my mom and my sisters, we... Drug out this huge, like bootleg Walmart bag full of Polaroids and pictures, and and we'll go through them.
2: Yeah. We'll
1: go through them and relive, you know, the memories of taking that picture. And um, I miss that. You know, we don't do that anymore. Cause I remember there it was this one picture that we always laughed at. It was a Polaroid of me, dressed <laughs> dressed up like Michael Jackson. I was like five years old. <laughs> And I was dressed up like Michael Jackson, and I was... <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, but you know how he holds his nuts and put his arms up? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah, I, that was me doing that pose. Right. So every year, we broke it out, and we'll laugh at that picture. So yeah, that was like my fondest thing ever. And people don't do that anymore. I think the, the importance of the print is lost, because everybody sees their pictures on a computer screen. And I want to give my clients... That that feeling back, you know, and um, for the most part, they are really appreciative of it. So, because yeah. when they get their prints, because I give them the print, if they do get a DVD, um, I I make sure that they get their prints first, then the DVD. That yeah. way, they could touch and go through them and see the 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 quality of the print before they get their DVD. Because right. the DVD, they, it's going to sit on the shelf or it's going to sit on the coffee table, and nobody's going to look
0: at it. Yeah, It's too much of a hassle. <clears throat> so you, but you, I mean, for the DVD, for you, is like an upsell, like it's just an all-cart kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't, I, I really don't push it. If they want it, then okay, I tell them how much it costs, and it's you know, that's pretty much it. I yeah. push albums more than I push a DVD.
0: How does how does that go? Do you get a lot of clients that buy albums?
1: Smaller, smaller to middle album. Yeah, I don't really sell like big fourteen by fourteen, sixty size album. Right. Um, mostly they're going to be about ten by ten, eight by eight, and like thirty size or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I really the way mine is set up. I make my money on the hourly side rather than the extra side, yeah. Rather than the à la carte, like the albums, the DVD. I try to, cause I want to do the least the least amount of work for <laughs> <laughs> so the most amount of money. Right. I'm just being honest. So <laughs> if I just make my hourly wage higher and my products, they not necessarily fall to the wayside, but if I'm happy booking my lowest one, then
0: I'm fine yeah um another question that was um thrown out there was uh, talking about being um in a, uh, a, a kind of a niche market and mm-hmm. um, the question was what do you do to get or what did you do to get your brand there and make it right. successful
1: right um I'm in. I live in San Antonio right now. I moved here from Houston about two and a half years ago, and um, San Antonio is like a complete 180 from Houston. Like Houston is more modern. It's um, the wedding photography market over there is like double what it is here, price wise, hmm. um, and it's it has like it has more. And it's more upbeat. It's more uh, up to date in the how the wedding market is perceived. It's uh, more up to date on how the weddings are styled, stuff like that. And when I moved here, it was like a big, um, I guess, a big awakening. Because when I moved here, I was about 3,100 starting. And the norm here for what was in my package is like fourteen, fifteen hundred. So pretty much I came in already <laughs> double what the loan was. <laughs> yeah. So that sucked. That oh God. I think I didn't get an inquiry for like six months. Uh-huh. And it was just like, Oh, what am I gonna do? But I I'm so hard headed that I just did not change my prices. You know, my wife was like, Well once you go down a little bit I'm like, No 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 i do not gonna go down. Why? <laughs> I'm just gonna have to find I'm just about to get out there and hustle, and find brides that love my work and are willing to pay for it. That's point blank. I'm not gonna go down. I worked too hard to get where I was to go down. So, um, I sent out an email to all the wedding planners that I want to work with. That I feel like the way I shoot and the way they had the pictures that they had on their website kind of fit. If it fits. Then I sent them an email, okay, you know, let's go out to lunch. I want to take you to lunch. Um, You know, just network. I just try my damnedest to network. And uh, for the most part, nobody emailed me back. I had uh, three emails back. Because San Antonio is weird. People here tend to either stay on their own, and if they do want to work with you, they won't kick back. Uh. And I'm like, okay, if I work with you, I'm working with you. I'm not working with you because you think I'm going to give you money.
2: Yeah.
1: I I don't work like that. Because if I give you a wedding, are you going to give me money? No. So uh, it's not going to work like that. And um, that you know me back? I love them. I mean, we're pretty good friends. Uh, It's Brandy with Country Sugar. Actually, uh, Brandy stepped down. It's Natalie now with Country Sugar. And then um, a wedding planner at a... (laughs) A plantation house, which is so funny. I got to story about that one. Um, <laughs> her name is Amy. She's awesome. Then another way to plant her name, Jennifer. And she, yeah, they all emailed email me back and we all worked together. And, and it was cool. So, but you, I definitely, you got to hustle. I mean, there you can't just sit there, make a website, put up prices and expect people to come. It, it just does not happen like that. You got to get out there and work. Yeah. You definitely got to start there.
0: So outside of, I mean, outside of like networking face-to-face with people, planners, vendors, whatever, what other ways of you marketing? I mean, it seems like you try to get published quite a bit online. That's a big thing for you.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's more because I, I really just send my stuff to wedding blogs I like. I know a couple of places that publish it. Because, you know, they might like it, but I have to like their blog for me to send it to them. I'm not just going to send it to them because um, I know I could get it published there, you know, because yeah. I don't know. I think that's taking the, the punk way out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but So I send a lot of my stuff to uh, Wedding Chicks because they are awesome. I love Amy and Jocelyn. They're just like, they're cool. They're, they are really cool women. Um, I like Style Me Pretty because they get a crap load of traffic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, oh, damn. Because like, I think they have like a hundred and something likes on Facebook. So I was like, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: But the one I have yet to get published on is Once Web. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm working on that. I just love the whole aesthetic. I love everything on their website. I just love. Yeah. And um, so I definitely would love to see my work on her website.
0: Yeah, I love. Yeah,
1: Once yeah. But you definitely have to awesome. publish. I mean, that is free advertisement, like straight up. If they, if they um, say like, "It's not me Pretty," uh, publish one of my weddings or feature one of my weddings, so that means possibly a hundred thousand brides or wedding planners or whoever else will see my work you can't that you can't beat that for free you cannot beat that at all and i actually booked a wedding um in georgia off of one of my features on solely pretty so when people it, it kind of irritates me when i talk about getting published and, and people say oh you're feeding the wedding blog and they're getting your work free i'm like <laughs> They just put $8,000 in my pocket. I'm, if they want to feature one of my weddings for free and help me make money, I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for that. Because if they help me, I help yeah. them. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, that can be uh, an interesting topic. I mean, I've gone back and forth on that one for mm-hmm. uh, myself. But, um, yeah. but I mean, I understand it works well for a lot of people. Me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I understand why people say that, because you are giving them free content.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, they're not paying for it, which I understand. But when you're getting something in return, you, there should be no complaint about it. You know, like, because honestly, I, like, I booked I want to say three weddings from Wedding Chicks, and I booked one from Stop Me Pretty this year. And all of those are just from features. And I'm like, okay, well, I have no reason to complain about giving them the free content because they're putting money in my pocket. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it always helps when you get paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Alright, so you've listened to the, the, the Rodney Smith thing about, what, five twenty times now? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I think I listened to about I want to say six to seven times so
0: far. Six to seven times so far. And it's been yeah. out like a week, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm curious what you learned the most from him. And I guess why you're, why you're listening to it that many times.
2: Uh it's
1: just his uh, philosophies and the way he see uh, the wedding. I mean, not the wedding, but the photography industry. Um, I guess because it's kind of like how I see it, and it's good to hear, I guess, it's good to hear um, when you have the same thought process as somebody else has been. You've been doing this 45, 46 years, mm-hmm. so it kind of, I guess I listen to it so much because it made me feel like I'm on the right track, yeah. you know, I, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and i really would love to meet him because he seems like he's just a really down earth, cool guy. And if I could sit there and talk to him for hours, I would, I would bring a Red Bull and just sit there and talk to him. <laughs> 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 no doubt. No doubt. Cause I feel like I, you know, everybody has a lot to
2: learn from him. Yeah.
1: And John Dolan and Hogan Doss and all those guys. I think everybody just has a lot to learn from them because, You don't see too many people still shooting 45 years, 25 years, 30 years now. Yeah. You know, they're either out of business or they just gave up. Yeah. So I think everybody has a lot to learn from that podcast and from um, Rodney in general.
2: Yeah.
0: What are your goals then for 2013 and beyond? Is there anything (laughs) you're trying to work on or you want to take to the next Um, level next year? Well, I've been
1: shooting a lot of square. Uh-huh. Um, I picked up a half a blind. Uh, August? No, not August. September. Yeah. And um, it, it, I thought the Mamiya slowed me down. Oh, this sucker, <laughs> wow! <laughs> this sucker slowed me down so much, but it's good. It's good because it makes me. Square really, really makes you think about your composition. Yes, like it really does. And because when you have a, a 645 ratio, the six-four-five ratio, that um, I mean it's it's kind of it's not real long. It's more of a square's type. It's like a fat rectangle, mm-hmm. so it's kind of easy to compose that because it's not that different from thirty-five millimeter. Right. But when it comes to square, it's like, where do I put this? <laughs> Really have to touch a composition, and I love that challenge. So my challenge to me for next year is to shoot probably thirty to forty percent of the wedding square, mm. and work on my compositions with square. I mean, because my vision isn't going to change. I still shoot the same way with it, and I still see the same compositions. I just gotta kind of fine tune it and get it to where I I actually feel that I I like it and show it. So that's pretty much mine challenge to me as far as pricing wise and everything i'm gonna think i'm gonna pretty much keep everything the same i was thinking about changing how i increase my prices like go up every five weddings or every 10 weddings so i only shoot 25 weddings a year yeah and um i was thinking about kind of changing that up but um i don't want to have too many variables to work with or think about next year so i think i'm just gonna keep everything the same and see where I am for two thousand fourteen and, and go from there.
0: I love the square. One of my goals is, would be to uh I want to shoot like an entire wedding um uh, mm-hmm. you know square format. Right. Um, I was
1: actually thinking about putting that out there about um like their shooting with the the half and just in Tri X. Yeah. But um I got too many I got like two weddings left for this year, so I'm gonna wait until next year to do that. But uh, yeah, I think
0: that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, because now is like your busy time, right? Or should or I mean? Yeah. The, the, the San, I shot a wedding. Oh my gosh, in San Antonio. Like oh geez, like two thousand three, four, long, forever ago. Uh huh. And it was like August. And it was the most miserable. I mean, it was inside, <laughs> but it was horrible. I thought oh, I was gonna pass dude. out. It was ridiculous. I, I oh, it was so hot. I hated it. dude Uh,
1: texas is like (laughs) the only state that it could be 110 degrees one day then it could be 65 degrees the next day and the next day it could be like incredibly windy and rainy it is like texas is like a woman on a period it's like you never know what you're gonna get (laughs) it is crazy it is like it's like texas is emotional has emotional weather it is it's crazy dude yeah but december in texas It's like
2: so awesome.
1: it's perfect for wedding. Outside weddings. Yeah.
0: yeah. It doesn't get cold here until like mid January. Yeah. So you get Which all the uh all the winter, like December weddings. Right. Kind of... right. It's good for Christmas time. You get some extra spending cash for the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the whole my wife
1: likes that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so let's say you like walk into a wedding And uh, you could do anything you want, shoot any way you want. Would you do anything different than what you're doing now? Like, if you just had 100% creative control to just play and not have to worry about the consequences?
1: Hmm, That is a very good question. To tell you the truth, I probably wouldn't change anything. Um, Because I like... Well, what I do at the beginning, I send my clients a, a proposed um, timeline. Okay, Pretty much what it's saying is, if you like what you see on my site, this is what I need to get that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for the most part, they, you know, I get about 80% of what I give them on the proposed timeline. So, because uh, all I need is, like, 15 minutes for portraits. I don't need, you know, 45 minutes and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's too long. I, I'll run out of shit after the, Oh, excuse me. <laughs>
2: I'll
1: run out of stuff after uh, about 20 minutes. Because I'm real, I'm pretty fast at you know, posing and, and getting my shots in and focusing. I'm really good at focusing with the mirror, I guess because I've been shooting for so long. And um, it doesn't take me that long to get a lot of portraits and formals and stuff like that. So as long as I get the 15 minutes, everything else, I'm fine with it. I'm yeah. fine with it. So I probably wouldn't change anything. I mean, as far as, like, experimenting with the reception and everything, I do that anyway. I'm <laughs> 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 And I tell them that. I'm like, okay, the reception, I'm going to shoot, you know, because I do film and everything. So I'm going to do a little different. It might not look exactly like the next wedding. I mean, the first wedding you saw on the on the website or not, but – I'm going to get those shots, but I'm also going to try some other things. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make sure I get the safe shots first. I, dude, I experimented every reception. Hope, I hope you don't part that, put this part. But, yeah, I experimented <laughs> at every reception.
0: Yeah. Far to,
1: I always try something different.
0: Yeah. That's okay. I just, I'm totally yeah, putting I that just on make
1: there, sure, I just make sure I get all the, you know, like the first dance
2: yeah.
1: and stuff like that. But when it comes to the toast, uh, I get, like, one or two pictures that i know i'm I'm supposed to get and after that boom it's all (laughs) it's all experimentation
0: yeah which i think is pretty normal i mean right to kind of especially when you can really jack around the lights and really kind of play stuff and i think most photographers kind of really do Mm -hmm. play around at that time of uh that time of the evening especially would have been tired too so you're like trying to make it interesting so (laughs) yeah when you're a 6
1: hour reception. Uh yeah, I'm I'm going to do something to keep my mind going cuz not I'm a zonk
0: out. <laughs> Done. whoa yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I know you don't like compliments, but I do want to say I do really like your work. Uh I do see some kind of can I do see some canless kind of stuff going on in there and um, all that yeah. stuff. So, you can now change the subject onto whatever you want, but I'd like what you're doing um and I appreciate you know you coming on taking the time to talk to me. So it was uh, it was a good time. So thank you.
1: Uh, no problem.